When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. I'm really excited today. I'm excited because I just got my word of the day on my app. Uh, I'm a nerd and I do a word of the day, which sometimes I use, sometimes I don't. Let's see what the word is today. This is where you could just make yourself appear smarter. I use I, I use vocabulary. My, my mother always loved vocabulary. Delineate. To clearly describe or portray something. Computer programs which can delineate faces are very helpful to law enforcement agencies. That's a weird sentence to use to describe the word. You know, they could have used any other sentence, but they're basically warning your ass. Like, yeah, you think you're going to get away, Gerald? Well, we've got your fucking photo in the computer and we're going to find you. We're going to find you because you you stole the honey-baked ham from the grocery store because the quarantine made you lose your job and you're just trying to feed your family. Well, we're trying to make sure that the computer delineates that fucking face. Okay, it's a weird way to to <laughs> show the meaning of a word. How's everybody doing? Thanks for listening. Make sure if you want to watch the podcast, you go over to youtube.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso to watch the pod. And we're also adding videos to Patreon every week now. So sign up for the Patreon if you want to get extras. That's going to be patreon.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. So you can watch extra podcast episodes and other various things that we're going to be putting on that platform as well. What else do we have coming up? We have a spring tour coming up. Carly Aquilino and I are going on our girl pod tour. That's right. I've got 45 other podcasts. If you don't know that, I have a podcast with Carly Aquilino. It's all things female, but if you're a man, you might want to listen because you can learn a lot. And if you're a woman, you should listen because you will relate to all the mistakes we've made because we've made the same mistakes as you. And we're just letting you know what we learned from them. Girl pod, G-Y-R-L. And we're going on tour. We're going to be all over the freaking place. We're bouncing around. We're going to be in Atlanta. We're going to be Atlanta, Georgia, Nashville, Tennessee, Brooklyn, New York, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We're going to be up in fucking Montana. I'm going to find me a cowboy. We're going to be in Chicago, Austin, so many different places. Go to jessiemate.com forward slash tour. And you can find all of the dates available there. And I'm going to have a fall tour coming out as well and possibly a summer tour. So that's the whole freaking year that you have an opportunity to find me in your town. And also, Girl is a Patreon-exclusive podcast. So if you're like, I can't find it on Apple, that's why. It's Patreon-exclusive. It is just for super-exclusive fans, as well as my new pod, relatively new pod, The Deuce, with my other homeboy. Carly is one of my homeboys. (laughs) My other homeboy, Mike Tully. He is my co-host of The Deuce. And that's really just a nerdum. A nerd kingdom, if you will. So that's also Patreon exclusive. Patreon.com forward slash the deuce podcast. 
Both of those are for extreme fans and you get extras every week. Thank you for everybody who supports those podcasts and this one. And speaking of support, this week, this episode is supported by a jewelry company, a really, really cool jewelry company, Ana Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Really perfectly timed because guys and ladies, Valentine's Day is around the corner. What you going to get? I always said that I'm not a big Valentine's Day person, but if you're going to buy me something, then, I, then I'll be into Valentine's Day. And I highly suggest this company, not just because the jewelry's so dope, it really fits my style because I like to layer. You guys, if you know me, you know I don't leave the house with less than 17 necklaces. I don't know. <laughs> I love to layer. I've always been that way. I first started with this little necklace that I have. It's got a uh, like a little key on it. And I got it from this jeweler. In jewel, jeweler. It's a hard word to say. It's like brewery. Jeweler. <laughs> I got it from this jeweler in New York and I remember seeing it in the window and it's a real real diamonds and it for me was such a big purchase it was like $250 at the time and I remember it being a big deal for me so I never take it off and then I just started layering necklaces to go with it and I'll interchange a couple like I have a really cool old school Figaro Italian gold link that my dad got me when I was like 18 and now my rule is I don't wear jewelry unless it fits in with my layering style. And Ana Luisa is perfect for that. It's perfect for Valentine's Day. It's perfect for layering. And it's also a sustainably manufactured company, which is so dope. You know, it, it makes you feel like you're giving back. It makes you feel like you're a part of being on the right side of history as far as us being these people who make and wear things and not considering what it does to the carbon footprint in the ecosystem. So I'm all here. I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. I'm here for the fact that they're sustainable, for the fact that you can layer and make it really cute. And I even like the names of some of the necklaces. There's one called the Rosa, which has got a cool little celestial situation. There's one called Forget Me Not, which if you know me is a really special name because of um, what I'm working on, a little side project. If you know, you know. There's so many different options and they've got they got rings, they got bracelets, they have so many things for like every type of person, your mom, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your, your dog. Well, I don't know if it'll fit around your dog, but you know, you could buy it for your dog and then you just wear it. But I'm really excited that they are a part of the podcast this week. It's affordable, quality, long lasting options. And it really makes me feel special to be just drip dropping like a lollipop with all of their amazing styles. So make sure you guys check it out. Anna Luisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com forward slash sharp. And you guys can get up to 40% off. Buy one, get one 40% off. That's a good deal. You just go for Valentine's Day, get something for your honey and get something for you. Drip drop lollipop, baby. You guys will love it. I know you're going to love it. And send me pics, whatever you choose. I want to see how you layer your neck. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> the jewelry is so fairly priced. You guys can find all sorts of styles starting at $39. Check it out. AnnaLuisa.com forward slash sharp. That's AnnaLuisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com forward slash S-H-R-P. Thank you guys so much. This episode is a fun one. It is another Dr. P. We're going to get into Grief Survival Guide episodes coming up in the coming weeks, as well as just some regular OG me talking into the microphone 
spitting from the top of my head like you guys request so often, but this week we are going into another Dr. Peluso episode with all of your questions that you guys have requested. And if you are wondering where you can send those questions in, you can email them, comedy at gmail.com. And you can also go to my Instagram page every Sunday through Monday where I post the box for you to put in your questions. And this week, we're going to be listening to some of those answers. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Dr. Peluso. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. It's a personal look well it's not really a look because it's a podcast i'm already fucking this up this is kind of like a verbal comedy diary a deep look into the crevices of my mind it's gonna get dirty you might cry you probably laugh hopefully you'll laugh the whole point is for you to laugh but you also might cry i talk about my family i talk about farts, farts. i talk about love loss comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me hey how's everybody doing i got my hair in a little ponytail here back in LA. We're back in LA. I just came off of a cross country trip driving. It is my, I want to say fourth or fifth time driving cross country. This was the first time I did it in the winter and not that I wouldn't recommend it. I have three dogs. If you know me, you know, I have three dogs and that just becomes a little tedious when it's fucking cold outside because if you know me, there's not a lot of meat on these bones. Okay. So depending on what the weather is, these shins are not doing the Lord's work. Okay. I need like double the meat I have on my legs and it still wouldn't keep my shins warm. Why the fuck is shin skin so thin? There's a rap lyric for you. Why is it so damn thin? I'm sure there's a real logical reason. We're going to have to Google it. This is where I need a producer to come in. I'm going to have to set this up with uh, when I get to the new platform. We're going to have a producer. I, you ever go to Google and you type in Google because you're an idiot? Don't say idiot. I'm triggered. Why is shin skin bullshit? I'm not going to put that because it probably won't come up. Okay, here we go. Why is my shin skin skinny? This is a common Googleable, Googleable thing. Skinny, shinny legs. <laughs> oh boy, we're only two minutes in, guys. Okay, wait. No, it said, it, why is my shin skin shiny? I thought it said skinny. Okay, why is my <laughs> skin shin Uh, okay. No, no, no. Why is there no meat? Here we go. Why is there no meat on my fucking shins? On my shins. This will be riveting. I'm sure it'll be totally worth it. 
Why is the tibia so close to the skin and not surrounded by muscle and fat like the rest of the body? Now, this is on Reddit, so I'm sure this is legit. Um, bones usually have two main fascial compartments around them, a flexor and an extensor. And some have a medical, a medial compartment too. There's no real need for a strong dorsal flexion action in the lower leg, bending your foot upwards. The muscles are used mainly for stabilization. And so there are no large muscle groups there. Compare that to the other side of your leg where there's a strong plantar flexion pushing your foot downwards. Action is needed for walking and you have the huge calf muscles. Okay. That sounds pretty legit. It makes sense. It has to do with the lack of movement and the mobility upward. But I still would love a little shin skin. Actually, shin meat, not the skin. We got plenty of shin skin. We need shin meat. I, I can't. It, for someone like me, you know, my legs are so. I, I have like bean poles for legs. Thank you. Tell your dad. And the winter is harsh on them. It's harsh. My legs, my my from the knee down is like an arm bone. <laughs> legitimately is just like a fucking arm bone so being out doing the cross-country thing with dogs and all of that being said is difficult in the winter I would not recommend it if you're somebody who likes to travel there's so many cool things to see the, the country is beautiful and people are generous and people want to talk I think people are sick of <clears throat> the past couple of years what we've been through in the isolation and there's always, I feel, um, you know, every action has a, uh, I'm gonna have to Google everything today, guys. I'm, I'm seriously so dumb today. Let's see. What is that? Every action has a equal and opposite reaction. Is that what it is? Let's see if I can remember one thing, Sir Figman Newton. I love Fig Newton's. Newton's third law. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yes. I can remember something today. So, you know, it's like for everything that happens, there's like a, a benefit from it, you know? And I think what the benefit is here is that, you know, when, when you're traveling and you're doing things that are difficult, like, you know, being out in the cold and all of that for me was difficult. I realized that it, there are people out there that because we've been through so much are these bright, jovial, affable people and they want to talk and have conversations. So I guess the point is because of the hardship we went through this past year, two years, people are coming out wanting to communicate so even though we went through this detrimental time in our society where everybody was really challenged and everyone went through their own individual traumas and collective traumas within your family, losing your business, losing your wife or your husband or your marriage is completely caved in. Whatever loss you experienced, I think because everyone experienced something like that, some sort of loss, the other side, the opposite reaction of that is this desire to connect and communicate and have conversations again, which it felt great. It was the warmth through the cold that I needed. I, I have taken this trip multiple times. The first time I drove cross country was to see the birth of my niece. Not like stick my head down between my sister's legs and be like, come on, kid, push. Get her out. She's crowding. Not that. Um, 
although I would have loved, I tried to make it for that. That was the whole purpose of me driving was so that I could be there because this career and the life that I've chosen has taken me away from all of those experiences that people get to witness and be a part of birthdays and deaths and marriages and divorces and all these pivotal moments that people experience because of how my career is. I've, I've missed a lot of that with my family and subsequently have missed both of my parents' deaths because of the career I've chosen and where it's taken me. I'm not complaining. I'm not victimizing myself. I'm only saying this is a result of how I've chosen to live my life and the career path that I've taken. I haven't always been able to be there in those really important moments. And I wouldn't say I regret it. I would say that it just makes me make different decisions. So hence why I drove cross country to try and catch the birth of my niece, Karina. I did not get to catch that bitch coming out of my sister's puss hole. I was really looking forward to it. I just wanted to see what it does. I just want to see what, what it looks like down there, not on a YouTube video. You know, I wanted to really make eye contact with my sister's womb, my, my sister's womb tomb and see the miraculous event called birth, but I missed it, you know, and I drove cross country so that I could spend a good amount of time with my family so that I could bring my dogs. You know, I have three. It's hard to f bring three fucking dogs on a plane. And uh, unless you're JLo, I don't know how the hell you do that. I'd have to pay handlers to, to bring all my pets with me. <laughs> so that's why I initially drove cross country was to do that. And, and I loved it so much. I loved having my car home. I loved the freedom. And I have to say, it was one of my most favorite trips that I've ever taken. Um, if you're watching this video, I'm sorry that I'm like shedding and pulling all of my hair off of me. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I would say it was one of my favorite trips that I've ever taken. And I've been all over the world. I've traveled to so many beautiful countries and have spent time with amazing cultures and different people. One of my favorite trips happened to be driving across our country from West to East in East to West as well. But when you pass through Utah. It's one of the most amazing vistas I have ever seen in my life, mainly because it doesn't look like anything on earth. It looks like the surface of Mars. It is so unusual. It's stunning. It's vast. You're looking at things that were underwater and you can tell by the smoothness around the edges of the mountains and the different protrusions that are coming out of the earth. And it, it really puts you in awe. It, you literally have moments I did when I was driving where I was like, whoa, I felt like fucking Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Like, well, this is so gnarly. It was so breathtaking. And the same thing with Colorado, but specifically with Utah, you know, it just, it, it it's, it's so unique and it almost looks fake. You're like, I somehow I have landed on the surface of Mars and I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get back. I really don't know how I'm going to get back. <laughs> it's just so amazing. I highly recommend getting in your car, packing up your car and going somewhere for a weekend. If you can't get to Utah, no big deal. But if you can check Utah out, check out Sedona in Arizona, 
check out the sunsets in the desert. The sunsets in Albuquerque, New Mexico are some of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen, second to the sunsets in Kansas. And the other thing that's really fun are all the different signs you pass by. I I wrote a couple jokes when I first did the first cross-country trip that I did because specifically through Utah, you know, because of Mormonism and everything, it's a very religious state. And, and they let you know with the fucking signage on the side. They let you know. They're like, Jesus loves you. And, and they do the signs where it's just one word where it's like, Jesus loves you. You know that it's in the Bible. Like they do a whole paragraph down the fucking highway and you're like, uh, what are your, what are the laws here? If I crash, do you guys pay for it? Because you wrote a whole Psalm from the Bible on the side of the fucking highway. Did Jesus mean for you to do all of his teachings on the side of the fucking highway, Utah? Cause you're fucking up my flow. I'm going to crash into a sign and then I'm going to meet Jesus for real because of the way you guys put your sign is your signs up. <laughs> uh, there was one sign that I saw in Utah that was jarring besides all the religious signs. Um, one, one religious sign was my favorite. It said, thank your mom for choosing life. And I thought that was cute. I spoke about it on the podcast before, but I saw it again. It's like, you, you don't know Nance. You think Nancy chose life. She just didn't choose a condom. And I popped out nine months later. It wasn't that like religious of an experience as much as it was just really irresponsible. Okay, Utah. Sorry about the metal guys. A lot of apologies today. <laughs> the other sign that I saw recently when I was driving back that was jarring in an interesting way and made me go, mm. you know, when you just like, what the fuck? The sign said, Utah girls are worth it, comma, period. Like the word period and then the period. So it said, Utah girls are worth it, period. Period products in Utah schools. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> was this really a billboard for tampons like like tampon inc inclusion it, how big of a problem is it in utah schools where girls aren't getting pads and tampons like was it prohibited before that's another thing i gotta fucking google now like we're 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 tampons prohibited in utah schools we gotta put in utah schools and tampons it just was like, uh, why are you guys making this a big deal? It's 2022. And you're bragging about tampons? Uh, yeah, you should have had that figured out a few decades ago, bro. Like, what are you even saying? Utah schools and period products. I can't even imagine what's going to come up because it, obviously something happened where they needed a fucking sign. Lair? Larry? Yeah, bud. Uh, you know, we gotta we gotta put period products in the school. I don't know why Larry's dealing with it. I don't know why <laughs> Larry is the one. But what what happened? A Utah committee unanimously passed a bill that would put free period products in all Utah public and charter high schools and junior high schools. So this must have just been a recent bill. Yes, it was a recent bill. I mean. Is this something to celebrate or should we really take note of how long it takes us to get on the right side of history, as people like to say? It took Utah this long. And by the way, I do think period products should be free 
It, they should be in all bathrooms because you never know. You never know when this little, you know, red demon's going to show up. Well, for me, I can almost get down to the hour of when I'm going to have my friend in town. But for girls that are getting it for the first time in high school already is fucking awkward and difficult and trying. Throw in getting your period and, and that's assuming, you know, let's assume that not all parents are having a conversation with their daughters about what they can expect as they're growing young girls in, in different things that they're going to experience, like a period. There's going to be a handful of girls who don't even know that this is going to happen. And some of them get scared. And then they're bleeding in school. You do think you're dying. You're like, I, someone stabbed me in the night with a very long sphere and and I am bleeding in Mrs. Imborski's class. And it's this is not going to go well. It's just, why did it take Utah so fucking long to put this into effect? And, and I think it's actually, it, it, let, me, let me backtrack and say this is pretty dope because it's free products. Uh, I think it's called the Period Project. It's the bill that Utah passed. And this is progressive. I take it all back. Now that I'm talking through this with you guys, this is very fucking progressive. Uh, I think that, you know, for a state that is so religious, they're making and taking a stance on something that the rest of the country hopefully will fall, follow suit. Um, I, I think that this is something that is indicative of us recognizing women as human beings. <laughs> But then it's like, it's so interesting how state by state things fluctuate. And obviously politics have so much to do with it. If you're a red state, if you're a blue state, uh, you, the religion, the, the popular religion that is adhered to in that, in that state. And then you've got all the sub areas. People are so different and diversified that it, it can be a hindrance to progress for society as a whole. That is the most difficult hurdle for us to get over is our little our little distinctive differences that make up what each individual state deems proper and right. And, and, and the, their laws are reflective of that. Because you got Utah who's passing this period, uh, this um, period project. And then you've got Texas that recently passed that abortion bill. I mean, not really like a bill, but it was, you know, um, making it illegal and difficult for women to get abortions and, and finable, allowing citizens to be the ones to fine the people and, and sue the people who are getting abortions. So it's just, it, it, the spectrum is, is wide open. And, you know, that, as an adult, that's something you really have to take into consideration where you're going to raise your family. And what that state allows, especially if you're, you know, you have a daughter, you want to know that she's going to be okay. And you can't always be there for your fucking kids. That's just the reality. And they're going to fuck and they're going to have unprotected sex and things are going to happen. And you hope the state supports them. But if you live there, I'm assuming you know what the laws are. Godspeed. You know, Godspeed. But Utah, that, that period sign, I was like, what? So, hey, 
you learn something new every day. I'm glad that I saved it for the podcast to explore it with you guys. Then there was another sign that said DUI doesn't just mean booze, pills, and weed. Um, it, it, it said DUI doesn't just mean booze. And in the O's, one of the O's had a picture of pills and the other O had like weed in it. So they're basically implying, you know, a DUI also includes Xanax and, and weed. And I just thought, boring. Have you seen your state? We've already described what Utah looks like. It looks like the surface of Mars. There's no part of Utah that is meant to be driven through stone sober. <laughs> Utah, it looks like the surface of Mars. It, it, it's, it's like God created Utah for you to drive through under the influence. I think the only way you can drive through Utah is just on acid blasting Radiohead, allegedly. Don't quote me on that. I don't want to get arrested, depending on what your cops look like in your state. I really don't. I hear there's some cute ones in South Dakota, though. I, just, I heard through the grapevine. But I don't know about Utah. But, I mean, come on. Relax. Utah, relax. Your signs are you, your signs are all over the place. Some of them are pretty cool. Some of them are a little aggressive and accusatory. And there's a lot of aggressive religious signs and I, I, I'm, I'm only trying to have my own religious experience hot box inside of, of my geo tracker. I don't have one, but that's like a dream car. I know you're like, well, that's, you could get one for like $5. I used to hot box a geo tracker in high school. No big deal. I'm not bragging, but I kind of am. And, uh, that would be a really fun car to just drive through Utah with just a, a whole cloud of smoke and Snoop, Snoop and I in, in a geo tracker driving through Utah. That's, that's what my future is going to bring. That's, that's what I would like to put out into the universe. But Utah's amazing. I highly recommend checking it out. You guys know, if you know me, I love a place in Utah. It's called Mystic Springs. It's highly rated on travel blogs and Discovery Channel, I think, actually featured it on one of its must-see or visit places in the United States, like top 100 or top 10. I'm not quite sure what the top was, but it is such a cool, unique, magical, mystical place. It really is mystic. And it's in Monroe, Utah. It's about eight, seven and a half, eight hours outside of, from LA to Utah of a drive. And it's one of my favorite places to stop at. I didn't stop at it this trip, but the previous trips I stopped at it. And you just, it's a great place also to have mind altering drugs in your system and open up your brain and experience think things and feel things and and really just sort of shut off from your more metropolis and your more um busier cities because it's such a small town monroe utah is so so small but um yeah the trip was amazing uh, I stayed in Airbnbs. I like Airbnbs. I have um, a routine because I have the dogs and I, and I always want to make sure I take care of somebody's space. You know, Airbnbs are to me a better alternative than, an, than a hotel, except for when I don't feel safe, which is almost every single night because I'm a woman. Even though I have a pit bull with me, I still have this existential I'm, I'm convinced existentially that I'm going to be murdered. It's just something that I feel. 
in my being like that I am I exist on earth to be murdered <laughs> and if you look at the statistics I'm not too far off it probably doesn't help that I also am a victim of trauma because that can make you feel that way as well that I've experienced violent things in my past so it's made me have this mentality but also you know watching horror movies from a very young age I can't imagine helped a lot but I also think there is something to experiencing a benign masochism, which is kind of what watching horror movies is, or like eating really hot foods or doing things that are dangerous that make you feel like you're on the edge, but you're not going to die. That's like benign masochism. I think horror movies are similar where you experience the murder, but you don't get murdered. It's like the safest way for a woman to be a real woman, to really be a self-actualized <laughs> woman in the in today's society. And, you know, one of my stops, I stopped in Omaha, Nebraska. This is so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> this is so fucking embarrassing. Oh, my God. I can't believe I fucking did this. Well, first, let me tell you the trajectory I took. So I left LA, all right, I left New York um, in Syracuse and my first stop was Akron, Ohio. I normally I'll drive a max of like seven, maybe eight hours. The first couple times I did like nine hour days and it's way too long. It's too long for a few reasons. One, it's not good for your body to be sitting for that long in that same position. It's just not good for your blood flow. It's not good for your mental clarity. It's not good for your health. We all know that. And stopping a lot takes a lot of time. And it also puts wear and tear on your car to stop and go and stop and go. But you have to do it to fill up the gas and all of that, get food, go to the bathroom. But, you know, it's like you want to stop a lot for your blood flow, but you don't want to stop too much for your car because that puts you in more of a position to get into accidents and get flat tires and all that shit and get, like I said, wear and tear on your car, but you both, you need both of those things. So, um, the nine hours was just way too long. And also the main reason, because I love to travel so much, you don't get to experience much of the cities you're leaving or headed, headed to. So I find that like seven hours, especially if you leave early in the morning, gives you plenty of time to get to your destination, to be able to get settled and hopefully go get a really delicious dinner or explore the city a little bit, whatever is the desire that you have to accomplish while you get to this new place. I love food. I'm food driven and I find the best food in the town that I'm stopping at. It's, it's my favorite thing to do. I love to try new restaurants and I have a very uh, extensive palate. I like a lot of foods. There's very few things I put in my mouth that I don't enjoy. And I don't mean that sexually. I mean that from a, I mean that foodily. <laughs> I mean that culinarily. I, I really enjoy just shoving new food down, down the gullet. It's my favorite thing to do. So driving less gives me more time to eat. And one of my other favorite things to do before I leave these towns is check out the coffee shops. I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I do drink coffee when I drive cross country. Um, I get so relaxed in the car. I, it's like I don't drink and drive. I, I get very sleepy and I'm more of a nuisance behind the wheel when I'm tired. So it's very difficult for me um, because it's so relaxing <laughs> when I'm driving to stay alert. So I do have I'll have like a latte in the local coffee shop. 
And that's a great way to sort of get the vibe and the tone and sort of the frequency of the city you're visiting. And there's so many, like I was saying before, people are so kind. People want to have conversations and communicate. I remember on my way out to New York, can't believe I did another cross-country trip. I'm just thinking about how far I drove. And for somebody who's convinced they're going to get murdered, maybe traveling cross-country alone in the car isn't great for that fear. But you've got to face your fears. So um, it there was this one place that I stopped at. Uh, it was it was in Ohio. Oh, I really wish I could remember the town. It was just when I was just it was my last stop before getting to Syracuse and I got a parking ticket. And the problem was, you know, there's these new this new app where in some cities you can park and pay on the app. You don't have to use the meter or anything. And so I used the app, but I had recently gotten a new vehicle. So I accidentally selected my old license plate so that the app didn't recognize the actual car I had and I got a ticket and I came back outside just to see the meter made fella getting in his little fucking Pope mobile. That's what he looks like. He's in like a, somebody threw like a mail truck in the dryer. It's like that. It's like a teeny little vehicle that the meter maids ride around. And you guys have probably seen them and it's freezing. And I was like, sir, why did you give me a ticket? I use the app. And he goes, I bet you selected the wrong license plate. That happens a lot. And I was like, what? And he showed me. He went on my app with me. He goes, see? He goes, you know what? I'm going to give you my boss's number, direct line to his office. And you just call him on Monday because this was a Friday. It was already too late. He's like, you give him a call on Monday and I'm sure everything will be figured out. And I just looked at him and I was like, am I on a prank show? Are you going to go postal at work today? Do you hate your boss? What are you trying to get over on me? And that's the problem with our mentality. I didn't really think that. I'm being silly for you guys. But I really felt so grateful. I was like, that is so kind of you to go that extra step and offer me that solution instead of just telling me to fuck off and I should be more uh, responsible and pay attention to details more. Instead, you give me an, a solution to get the ticket removed it, it's and it's stuff like that and it's it happens more in smaller towns and i think because honestly in smaller towns people talk more and i think that that produces a happier society when people can communicate more we know that it's one of the staples for mental health especially for brain health not just mental health on a um, aspect of you know depression and more like ailments that people can have i'm speaking on like a physical brain health communicating and community are two of the most important aspects for your brain health a neurosurgeon sanjay gupta was on tony robbins podcast talking about this and it's something that i have also discovered in my research with alzheimer's and dementia that community and having support and companionship are vital for your brain health. And I think that that's indicative in these smaller towns where people just appear happier because they're communicating and they, they are a part of an actual community. And there's probably a bunch of you listening like, yeah, that's the way it should be. But for somebody who's gone after a career where it takes me to the larger cities, you don't see that as much. 
now where I live in LA there, I'm in a little community where there's everybody else, all the houses around me, we all sort of share this, this one space. And it feels amazing to know my neighbors. This is the first time since I had lived in Syracuse, New York, where I actually have known my neighbors and we help each other out. And we're like, Hey, I've got an Amazon package coming today. Can somebody go grab it? And Hey, does anybody mind? Does anybody have an egg? Hey, does somebody have some AA batteries? My, my vibrator, it broke. It busted on me last night. Like all these things are a part of being in a community. And it, it just, it really, it matters. Communicating with people matter and letting people know that they're not alone is what can really, I think, help, <clears throat> help improve the morale of society. It's evident. It's evident when you go into these towns. And I wish I could remember this guy's name. He was so kind. And so you were probably like, did you call the fucking boss? You know, I called that dude. And I was like, hey, your amazing employee told me that I could call you. Now, this dude was not he did not sound happy. He was like, hello. I was like, hi, sir. Um, I got a parking ticket. He's like, you want to pay it? And I was like, I do not. Uh, I was told that I could call you and possibly get it excused. And I told him my situation. He was like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. I was like, do I need to send you any documentation? Do you want to see my phone? And I, I, I can take a picture and email it to you. He goes, I believe you, sweetheart. You have a great Christmas. And it's those little things, those little moments, those little gifts that people give. And it makes me want to give more. It's so contagious. So I went out the next day and I found a dad at a bar and I made out with him because that's how I give back. That's how I give back. We're going to get to the embarrassing story, but I want to tell you this other stuff. <laughs> I want to tell you all this other stuff. I stayed at an Airbnb. So I was in Akron, Ohio. And the things that I look for when I'm driving cross country, when I'm staying in these places, I like places that I, not that I would never live in, but maybe places I would love to live in one day or just cozy, unique stays. Like I'm the type of bitch who would stay in a yurt. That's, that's how I am. I, I do like something remote, but I like it kind of close because I have that whole fear of the demon in the woods and the murderer. And I also like a fireplace, a jacuzzi, a hot tub, washer and dryer are vital. <clears throat> Any pet owners out there, you know, Dogs can make, can have accidents and dog hair can just make a mess. So I like to have access to a washer and dryer. That's pretty vital for me. And also I like the place to look charming. I'm all about uh, like a cool cabin, uh, a frame. Uh, I've stayed in tiny houses. I love staying in tiny houses. I highly recommend that. And, and it evolved the way I lived. Living in tiny homes or staying in tiny homes evolved the way I lived in my space because it made me realize how much you don't need and how much you have that is so excessive and what you can really get by living on like the, the fact that we have so many things and you live you stay in these tiny homes and you experience what you really need you realize what you really need to survive and so tiny homes I highly recommend I've stayed in RVs which can be hit or miss because there is a certain type of person who RVs and they also beat their wives. And this is a stereotype. I realize that. And this is a comedy podcast. You need to realize that. 
but there is a certain R RV vibe and it can be pretty much said about anything where you're like, ah, was there domestic abuse in here? I, I smell, I smell a hate crime in here. There's something went down and I don't trust it. But then there's like people who RV and they take good care of their RVs. I feel like it, there's not a lot of in between. It's either someone was cooking meth or someone owns a Fortune 500 company. And that's pretty much a spectrum of RV living. And I'm here for the other end. I'm here for like the glamping RV, not for the camping RV. <laughs> I don't want to smell meth. I want to smell fresh linens and that there's no fucking in between. And there's just all these, you know, cool places to stay at. Um, when I drove last year was after my mom passed away. I stayed in um, a bunch of places. Uh, there was one place I stayed at in um, Susquehanna. Was that the name of it? <clears throat> Shakakawiga, Iowa. Like I, I can look it up on my Airbnb. Um, it was this great cabin. And I think it might have been one of the first places that I stayed at that, um, you know, on that trip home that kind of felt um, Kiyosakwa. Kiyosakwa, that's the name of it. This is a really sweet girl named Brianna um, runs the place. Her and I ran into each other. Yeah, Kiyosakwa, Iowa. Um, she's got a really great cabin on the river there. And that was one of the first places that I stayed after my mom died. Um, well, not actually not one of the first places because I was pretty far from L.A. But it was one of the first places that I stayed at where I was really experiencing the grief. And the funny thing was there was this. So it's on a river and there's this bench like on the riverbed, like on uh, up on the bluff of where the cabin is but facing the riverbed and I called it the grief bench and I took a picture of it and sent it to my friend Tanya I'm like there's literally a place to grieve here this cabin has it all I should have wrote that in <laughs> the review great place if your mom just died five stars for grief um and then there's this other place in Air, Nebraska this really great farmstead it was like a homestead and this little farmhouse, you know, a lot of these places will have like a main home and a big property and like a mother-in-law or a guest house type of situation. And a lot of these places that I stay at are like farms. So they often have a couple different structures on the, the property. So this one place in Air, Nebraska is where I wrote my mom's eulogy. And so the, the these trips that I've taken across the country, you know, have been in these really pivotal moments in my life, experiencing the birth of my niece and experiencing the loss of my parents. And so Airbnbs, I pick with a lot of parameters because I want my experience to be something that I can enjoy all around. Cause this life, it's such a short life, you know, and, and we cut corners so often. I don't even think we realize how much enjoyment we're really cutting off when we cut corners. And I don't mean just financially. I mean, just how we exist. We, we rush through life and we rush to get to our destination and we were just zooming all over and we're not taking time just to fucking sit and go, okay, what do I want out of this experience? 
what do I want to learn? What do I want to gain? And Airbnb has really, this is, it sounds like a commercial for Airbnb, but it's just staying in these places has made me feel less. Um, it's made me feel more grateful about the life that I live. And it's made me feel that I can bring my home with me anywhere. You know, I love Erica Badu. She's up here. This, I had a custom piece of art up here made of Erica Badu. And one of her lyrics is, I have a home and I take it wherever I go. And that's how I feel. I have to do that. And so I think the reason why I choose these Airbnbs the way I do is because of that mentality that I have and that desire and willingness to bring my home with me everywhere. So wherever I stay, I want it to have a cozy feel. And um, so... I, I told you something embarrassing happened. <laughs> well, on Weeds Day, I was staying in Omaha. And Omaha, Nebraska, this cute little house. Sometimes, you you because I have dogs, I have a stellar rating because, like I said, I take care of the place. I clean up. I make sure I don't leave any remnant of an animal. I'm considerate, and I make sure that the place is clean. But it still it can provide some limitations. You don't always get you don't get the pick of the litter when it comes to Airbnb when you are traveling with dogs. But this place is great in Omaha in Omaha. And so I'm doing Weeds Day. And uh, you know, I have a great time, take a couple edibles, we're laughing. We we gave away, we auctioned off an ooze product, we raised money for Alzheimer's. It was awesome. You know, it's what we're doing on Weeds Day now. And I go to bed. In, in the middle of the night, I'm woken up at like 3 a.m. by this pounding noise. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And I should say earlier in the day when it was bright out, I was sitting on the couch and it was a very windy day. But it sounded like somebody knocked on the window, not like the wind knocked on the window. It sounded like like. That's what it sounded like. It didn't sound like a window shaking in the wind. It sounded like two fucking distinct knocks. And I jumped up off the couch and I was like, what the fuck? And I swore I saw like the shadow of somebody running on the outside of the house. And even now it gives me chills to think about. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I'm like looking in all the windows. I'm like, so they know I'm here. They know I'm here. The people know I'm here. They're coming to get me. Like whoever it is. I have literally, I have goosebumps just <laughs> telling this story. And so that happened. And then I do weeds day. It's important for you to know that I was already spooked when I went to bed. So I go to sleep. I did have edibles. I went to sleep and three o'clock I'm woken by this knocking upstairs in the house, in the damn home. Now, one thing I do in every Airbnb I go to is I check every fucking nook and cranny of the home. I want to know the exits. I want to know the entrances. I want to make sure the windows are locked. I want to know if there's a loose fucking floorboard or if there's an, a bear with two unmatching eyes. I need to know what I'm dealing with. Is someone watching me? Is someone going to get in? Am I going to die tonight? That's what I'm thinking when I go to Airbnbs. This place, you know, I'm halfway on my way back home here and I'm feeling good and I'm a little confident. I also had some edibles. I didn't check everything. So when I'm woken up by this noise at 3am, I'm like, but he's here. 
He's here. The man that is going to murder me is here and he's sharpening his knife. That's what that pounding noise is. Obviously, that's what that noise is. There's no other explanation. That's always what your brain does. It's like there's no other explanation than the worst one, right? There is no, the only possibility is the worst possibility I'm imagining because I won't allow myself joy. <laughs> I won't allow myself to be comfortable in life. No, 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 no. It's much more fun to stress and, and, and worry about my survival. I'm woken by this noise, this pounding, and it won't go away. And I step out into the living room and I'm like, maybe it's on the outside of the house. It's on the outside of the house. And I could hear it above me in the fucking attic that I did not check because I'm going to tell you one thing, two things I'm not fucking checking are attics and basements because there are, there are river ghosts. There is a, there's always a woman in a white gown in the attic and there's a fucking demon in the basement. We all know that. I don't need to check. I know they're there. Why am I going to go down and confirm? I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going in your basement. I'm not going in your attic. Great. Intel for people who want to murder me in my Airbnbs. So this noise continues, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And it, it's, it's a distinct noise. Like it's, it's not. It doesn't sound like something scratching, like a creature scratching. You know, because animals digging around and moving around isn't anything. It, it's kind of chaotic. This sounded like walking, and I was like, "Fuck!" And I'm like, "Carlin, I'm." Carlin and he's like oh, sleeping. He's like, oh, what the fuck's wrong with this bitch? Probably shouldn't take an edible. I'm like, Carlin, come on, come out here. Like, well, I don't know what he's gonna do. Like, he's gonna hear it. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Larry. Larry's up there. He's gonna kill you. And probably about fit. You got about 15 minutes to to fit, to wrap this up before you're gonna get stabbed in the eye. Well, what's Carlin gonna do? I call him out. Like, do you like? He's gonna be like, yeah, I hear it. Literally, Carlin came out in the hallway. The noise happened. He looked up and then just went right back into the into the bedroom and went to bed. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. And I hear it and it sounds louder and it freaks me out. And, and I'm pacing back and forth. I seriously contemplate grabbing all of my shit and leaving. But there's too much shit because I had recorded a podcast, which you guys can listen to on my Patreon page, my fan page. We are posting uh, exclusive content every week now. Yeah, I went, I fell off for a, a little bit there while I was dealing with everything in life, but we're back to posting on Patreon every week. And you can hear the episode with my dear friend, Jimmy Wisman, host of Small Town Murder and Crime and Sports. We do an episode, but I couldn't grab all my shit because I had my recording equipment. I had stuff in the bathroom. It, it would have been too much. I'm like, oh God, what am I? Okay. So I go back in the bed and I'm like, okay, the noise is gone. The noise has stopped. It has ceased. The, uh, the, the attic the addict ghost has left the building. Then I hear it again. I'm like, fuck. I can't leave it. I can't leave it. I'm, I can't leave this bee. There's no way I can leave this bee. No, 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 no. Is it a ghost? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I go out again. I hear it and it sounds louder to me and it sounds like it's moved to a different space in the attic. And I'm like, someone's in the attic. And so I do the only thing I could think to do. <laughs> I do the only thing any reasonable person does when they hear a noise at an Airbnb in the middle of the night. I call the police. <laughs> I call the fucking cops. 
And he's like, did you, is this an emergency? And I'm like, I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I'm not sure. I said, I'm not sure. I've never done this before. I've never called the police. I, I think I called the cops once back in the day, like when I was 18 for the same thing. Someone's in the, someone's in the house. Um, the cop's like, okay, so tell me what's going on. I'm like, there's a noise. There's a noise in the attic. I, someone's in the attic. He's like, okay, are you in the house? I was like, yes. He said, can you describe the noise? I'm like, it's a murderous, it's a murderous noise. There's mur it's, there's murder is going to happen. I should also say that this is Jimmy's fault because on the podcast we recorded, he called me a statistic. He goes, you're a woman alone in an Airbnb. You're a statistic. You're, you're what my show is about, you know, cause he has a show called a podcast called small town murder. And he said that I am always featured on it. Women like me. And so this is all Jimmy's fucking fault that I called the cops. And so the guy's like, okay, would you want me to send a unit to your house? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and he goes, okay, I'm going to send a unit to your house. Call me back if you need anything. If something, if some, you know, get out of the house if you need to get out of the house, but call me back if it gets any worse. And I was like, okay. And so I hang up and literally I call him right back. <laughs> I'm like, I need you. He's like, do you want me to stay on the phone? Do you want me to stay on the phone until the units come? And I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I, and I think because I was on this call with a cop and probably some of the edibles and mainly Jimmy, I started to freak myself out. I'm like, and the noise is getting louder. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, the noise is getting louder. I'm like that woman from, from bridesmaids on the airplane. She's like, oh, so we're going to, the plane's going to go down. Yeah. The plane is going down. Like the woman just freaking out about all the worst case scenarios. And then, Kristen Wiig is like, there's a colonial woman on the wing. This was me in this experience. And he's like, I'll stay on the line with you until the unit pulls up. And it felt like, it, to be re serious, the cops took 70 days to get there. And in reality, it literally was six minutes, but it took, it felt like 70 days. It felt very long. And, and so... <laughs> I'm like, they're pulling up. And this, the whole time I'm on the phone with them, I'm like, it's louder, it's louder. I'm like, oh my God, there's somebody in the attic. There's somebody in the attic. <laughs> He's like, do you want to get out of the house? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't make a decision one way or the other. I'm sure when this, when this, this 911 operator was typing into the, the his computer the, to send to the police that he was like pretty sure this bitch is on edibles. I'm sure I'm a hundred percent certain he didn't put weird noise in the house. Maybe a perpetrator. He probably was like, uh, I'm going to guess about a 15 milligram of sativa is what we're dealing with here. I I'm, I'm almost positive. That's what he put into, <laughs> into his little fucking panic notes. And so I'm like, I hear it. Oh my God, it's getting louder. What do I do? What do I do? He's like, do you, do you need to get out of the house? I'm like, I don't know. I couldn't make a decision. And so finally the, the cops come and Carlin and Bunny are running around and they're like, can you lock up your dogs? I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, but this, what about the guy in the attic? What about the guy in the attic? They're like, okay, can you get your dogs? And can you wait outside while we check the premises? And I was like, yes. And so I get car and I'm, I'm already feeling like a fucking idiot. Four cops showed. 
four cops for a bump in the night. Oh my gosh. Four of them showed up and one was really cute. There was three women. I was like, yes. I was like, this is, is this a call or a fucking porno about to start? It was so freaking embarrassing. And they're all huge. Like they're, the guy's like, where's the noise? I'm like, it's upstairs. The, 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 the ghost woman is upstairs. And <clears throat> so I get the dog. I'm like trying to corral the dog. It was really embarrassing because the cops are going through the rooms with their flashlights, which by the way, why don't you guys just turn on the lights? I had some of the lights on, but they got their flashlights. I'm like, you just, why don't you just flip the switch on instead of all this dramatic, but I get it. it it's effective. So I get Carlin, I get Bunny. By the way, it's like negative degrees outside. It is so cold. So I go into the car and as I get in the car, I realize, oh my God, all my weed, all of my stuff is everywhere. I get in the car, I turn it on. A female cop comes up and I go, as I'm realizing this, that all my weed is still out and all my stuff from Weeds Day is out and my fucking camera. They probably thought that I filmed some sort of cannabis friendly porno on the couch. I'm sitting in the car and this female cop comes up. And the first thing I say to her, I go, I promise you I'm not tweaking out. I'm not on drugs. I'm just, I'm 100% on drugs. <laughs> Even though I don't consider marijuana a drug. For argument's sake, for, this, for, for the humor effect, on drugs. And she goes, oh, no, 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 I'm sure. And I'm sure she was like, um, oh, yeah, we got a code edible here. We've got a code edible. There is no ghost. This bitch is on an edible. I was sitting there talking to her, like fucking shivering because it was negative degrees outside. I'm like, I'm not a tweaker. I'm not on drugs. I swear to God. And she's like, okay, sure. hundred percent. Totally believe you. Totes believe you. Um, we chit chatted for a little bit and then she let me shut my door. Cops went through the whole house and guess what they found? He waves me back in. I get the dogs. I come back into the house and he's like, actually, no, he comes to the car. I didn't leave the car. I fucking rolled the window down just a little scooch because first of all, I was scared. And second of all, I was fucking freezing. He goes, yeah, um, there was a loose window upstairs and that's what was banging. And I shut it. But uh, that, yeah, you're not going to get murdered tonight. And I was like, cool, cool. I'm very embarrassed. And uh, anything else that you might have seen in there is not mine. I didn't say that. But in my mind, I was like, I, I was waiting for him to be like, but we're going to have to take you downtown because we saw your Cheech and Chong stash on the coffee table and we're going to have to take you in. But nope, they left. Uh, I felt like a fucking idiot, but I also was happy to know how responsive the Omaha police department was. So shout out to the Omaha police department. They were amazing. They were so kind. Um, obviously because I'm, they probably felt sorry for me. They're like, Oh, look, look at this woman with her dogs. She's definitely going to die alone. We'll just, We'll, we'll make her feel good and check the house. There's definitely nobody here. But it really raised a, a concern and also many concerns. It made me think about all the things about Airbnbs that aren't so great. One, hey, let your person know that there's creepy noises that are going to happen in the middle of the fucking night. Hey, by the way, it's going to sound like there's a man coming down the stairs. But you're cool because it's a window that's broken. It's not, it's not Larry. It's a broken window. Could have used that information. Number two, I realized I didn't number that one, but this is number two. Would it kill you if you're an Airbnb owner? Or, or, let, let's extend this to all businesses. 
every single business. Would it kill you to buy nice toilet paper? Who, in what scenario is that thin, crepery, bullshit toilet paper ever helping? Ever. And you know where it's prevalent? Rest stops. You know where people take monster gorilla shits? Rest stops. I need a two-ply. I, I need a print. I need to see a design. I need your, your toilet paper to be so soft that there is like a unicorn floating in the clouds. You know how they have like those nice designs on Charmin? I need I need a double roll of super soft. I need I need your one sheet of toilet paper to be like a Tempur-Pedic mattress. I I can't deal with the cheap toilet paper anymore. Airbnbs, it's it's it is just offensive. If you're Airbnb, you've got like a $100 cleaning fee. Put a few bucks of that into the toilet paper, please. My asshole is begging you. It's really a, a, a sore sight for me. It is, it is, it's just so annoying to go into these Airbnbs. I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to be fingering my butthole because my finger is going to pierce this toilet paper. That's what happens. It doesn't matter how many times you wrap it around your hand to try and create a cast. It all just falls apart. One drop of water and the whole entire roll fucking evaporates. <laughs> evaporates. It's, it's ridiculous. So fix your fucking toilet paper and check your creepy ass noises care. Just care a little. If you're an Airbnb owner, put, go that extra mile. It makes a big difference. It makes a big fucking difference. And if you're out there and you hear me on this toilet paper situation, I feel you. I feel you. Please let me know if you guys toilet paper, it can't be that much more expensive. What? 56 cents. Isn't my asshole worth it? <sighs> <clears throat> I realized a lot about myself this last trip and I do owe you guys a year wrap up of the grief survival guide. We will continue it, but I wanted, um, I'm still working on what I want to say for the year. So thank you for your patience. But there's something I really realized about myself taking this winter trip cross country is that I, Oh, before I get into that, um, when I was in Colorado, I stayed in Colorado and I stayed right down the road from the Colorado Wildlife and Wolf Sanctuary, which is in Florissant, Colorado. Highly recommend it. It's not cheap. Uh, it was a, I did a VIP tour and it was a few hundred dollars, but it was so worth it. I learned so much about these beautiful mystical creatures. I got to take photos. I got to pet them. I was terrified, but it was so cool. And if you go to my Instagram page, you can see me uh, inciting a, a wolf howl, which is one of the, the single most exhilarating experiences of my life. And I got a tour. I, I learned so much about wolves and so much about coyotes and red foxes and Mexican wolves and um, the, the endangered species the the mexican wolf is like the most endangered wolf i think there's only a handful of them around the red i actually think it's the the red wolf there's only like eight of them in the wild which is crazy and the wolf is so important to the ecosystem the gray wolf i don't know if you guys ever read that article um 
about the Yellowstone Park and the reintroduction of the gray wolf into the park and how vital it was for the for the entire ecosystem because when the wolves are there it just makes everything get in sync all of these different species come back and actually when wolves when they were reintroduced changed the path of the river and because the path of the river changed the creatures that in, come to the river started to come around and then the uh, vegetation around the river starts to grow because those creatures that come that eat that vegetation is starting to grow so it's it's such a vital part of our society of nature i shouldn't say society because uh, we're the society and we're the ones infringing on nature but if we're going to create some balance or at least try to get some balance we have to respect creatures that were here before us and this sanctuary is doing so much work and preserving and conserving and educating on the public on um the wolf and the importance of it in nature check it out i'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can see and maybe even donate if you want i am going to post uh, so you can go to my instagram page and you can see me howling with wolves and it, it was just so wild they mate for life you know wolves mate for life come on guys get your shit together it gives raised by wolves a whole new meaning they mate for life and sometimes if their mate dies they won't go with another mate isn't that wild it's so heartbreaking am i such a girl oh my god oh my god they're in love they mate for life they're so smart the wolf that i met amarak i kept calling him gamork because he looked like gamork from Neverending story if you're a nerd you feel me he they they do this thing where they will lick you if they like you, which I do the same thing to your dad. <laughs> so stupid. We don't, that's dumb. So they told me to kneel down in front of Amarak and you can't, the wolves are so intuitive and so instinctive and intelligent that even the slightest shift in your body language, they read into and they react to. So my guy fish, shout out to fish, who was my guide said, don't lean back at all. Don't pull back at all. If he goes to lick you, you lean in. And I was like, uh, are, are we doing this fish? You talking about the wolf? So I squat down and it, it, it's like, it's such a, it's like a spiritual experience because the wolves, uh, can you imagine being in front of a wolf, like inches away from him and he's about to lick your fucking face? And you're supposed to be calm. I mean, these aren't domesticated creatures. These are wild wolves that have become accustomed to being around human beings that feed them and take care of them. So they're obviously not, they're removed from how they would be in the wild, but they still are, are capable of all of their strengths, which I learned that, you know, lions have like 800 PSI pressure for their jaws. And do I think dogs have like 500. Wolves have... 1500 psi pressure in their jaw and that's because it has to they have to compensate because lions have the dexterity in their arms lions have retractable claws and they can grab their prey and they can manipulate their prey because of how their arms and their paws work wolves don't have the dexterity in their in their limbs so all they have to rely on are their jaws because their body's relatively small they're they're shoulders are narrow so they really have all their powers in their mouth 
leave that there. So when I'm sitting there in front of Amarak Gomork, and he's about to kiss me, I was like, well, I've had a good run with this face. You know, I'm, I, I just pictured the woman who had the chimpanzee and invited her friend over and that lady's face was taken off by the chimpanzee. And I was like, well, if this if this is the way it goes, maybe I'll get a Netflix show out of it or something. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I put all my faith in the wolf and in, in the handlers and fish and Amarak accepted me and he licked my face and it was the coolest thing in the world. And I felt like mother nature. I felt like I had literally met my spirit animal and I got such a new respect for these creatures that are so important to nature and, and important to our ecosystem. So check it out. It was such a cool experience. Thank you to everybody at the Wolf Sanctuary and um, go to my IG page if you want to see that video. But what I learned on this trip the most is that out of the cold and the travel and the wolves and everything, I learned the, the, the most important thing I learned about myself is that I would perish in the wild. And, and I don't mean, I don't mean die perish. Like I, I'm not built for the cold. We talked about the shin skin. I'm not built for noises. I, I, I'm not, and it, this isn't even the wild. I'm talking about Omaha in Colorado. <laughs> I'm talking about just 40 degree weather in Omaha, Nebraska. Perish like someone from the 1800s. I would perish like someone from the fucking 1800s. They don't, they didn't die in the 1800s. They fucking perished. That's me in the wild. I'm not built for extreme weather. I'm not, I'm not built for, for wind. <laughs> and that's what I learned. So I'm a sensitive creature and that I have to survive. I got to survive in these streets. So I'm, my, my mission is to become stronger to find a little bit more peace at night because I've always struggled with the nighttime. I've always been afraid of the night and to learn more about the creatures that are pertinent to our survival and the survival of the earth. That's what I learned on this trip and that people are relatively good. That society is more good than bad. That what's going on, there is so much to be grateful for and that Talking to your neighbors is one of the greatest things you can do for your brain and for your soul. You find out a lot about people and just looking people in the eye and letting them know that they exist and they matter really can affect society in such a magnificent way. So I'm happy to be back in LA. The new studio is probably going to be up in a couple, I think a couple months. So this will all change. And I'm so excited about this um, new space that I'll be getting into. Thank you guys for your continued support. Check out the Patreon page. Become a fan. Uh, join the fan club. We're doing new content every week. Also, don't forget to check out my girl podcast with Carly Aquilino. That's a Patreon exclusive. And The Deuce with Mike Tully, also a Patreon exclusive. And... I hope you guys are exploring in your own ways and learning new things and talking to your neighbors. And I love you so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.